touch judges are ready. Side of studio. Referee. Players are lined up. Microphones in hand for the restart. It's now time to form the Ruck. The Sunday Rugby Show. Featuring Wallaby legends Tim Horan and Matt Burke. Five Aussie teams, one vision. The Super Rugby Crown. Get behind your state. It's rugby supercharged. The Ruck. And coming up the blind side, Tony Squires. Yes, hello, good morning. Welcome to The Ruck, your Sunday morning rugby show where we have just one hour to share everything that has gone on in the world of rugby. And it is the world of rugby, Matt Burke, Tim Horan. Good morning to both of you. Morning, boys. Yeah, morning, we, boys. Don't, we don't just talk about uh, you know what's happening in the local area. Uh, it's the world of rugby union. Uh, and speaking of that world, Tim Horan has crossed half of it just to be with <laughs> us this morning, buddy. You were there, I heard you, or dulcet tones on the call uh, from Perth. Last yes, night, and yes. here you are in the studio. What happened? You caught a plane? <laughs> yes, I didn't run back like uh, like the uh, most of the boys do. But no, it, uh, the Tars and the Force in Perth last night. So fantastic game, good win for the Waratahs, and and jumped on that plane called the Red Eye. And I know why it's called the Red Eye now. But um, yes, no, it's a good performance from Australian teams. Mate, it, it's all about uh, knowledge. You didn't give me a call to see how you know what you need to sleep in the car, mate. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. Just get a little pillow, maybe yeah. a little DVD happening. For those who've just joined us uh, in the most Sunday mornings, Matt Burke does sleep in the car park here at Triple M. He gets one or two hours after doing, you know, his duties uh, commentating as well. Uh, so, did you have a keep in the car, mate? What did you do, Timmy? No, on the lounge, on the lounge out here at Triple M. So I had about two and a half hours. So uh, I'm sprightly, ready to go for uh, what should be a great, great show on the ruck this morning. And well, I'm going I'm to start you off with just a, a question without notice. I want to know why. In uh, it's the greatest phrase ever. Obviously, it's around the scrum time. The crouch, touch, pause, engage. The best combination of four words in the English vocabulary. Why is pause there? Why doesn't the referee just pause? Why doesn't he say crouch, touch? Engage. It's like saying, ready, steady, wait for it, go! You, you've, got to, right. you've got to remember who you're talking to, though. I mean, they're, they're, if you look at the intellectual stakes, you know, you're, yes. you're talking to the forwards. I mean, it's correct. A, boys, calm down, slow down, but pause. Got it? Go now. There you go. I think that's about the extent of it. Timmy, what do you reckon? Yeah, I don't think they'd listen to it anyway, but certainly it's uh, the amount of scrums. Probably a main problem with rugby at the moment is the amount of scrums that are collapsing and the amount of penalties that are coming from, from the scrums. But apart from that, the rugby over the, uh, the last two or three days has been uh, superb. And we're going to get to it in some detail. We're also going to talk stupid injuries. We're also going to talk to Adam Fryer from the Rebels. It is your, the Ruck, your Sunday rugby show. Crouch, touch, engage. Found them on Facebook. Follow them on Twitter. At the Ruck Show. All right, let's go through some of the scores, if you haven't heard. Now, look, this is uh, from Tim Horan, who really is a people person, isn't he? He's, <laughs> he's, he's concerned. He does. He's worried about, the, you know, you're driving your kids to, you know, rugby or some sort of sport this morning, and you might have might have taped some of the footy, and you want to get home without knowing the score. So, Tim, what's the idea? What happens now? Well, well you t- turn your radio down for about 15 seconds, then back up, and then you'll be able to go back after the rugby, or right. after you've been out and about this yep. morning and watch the game okay. without knowing the score. All right. Well, what I'm going to do first is give the... Uh, the the score from the Reds and the Stormers. So if you don't want to listen to that one specifically, turn your radio down now for five seconds. One cat dog, two cat dog, three cat dog, four cat dog, five. Reds 19, Stormers 6. Sorry about that, fellas. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I reckon that could be introduced to the scrum. Crowds <laughs> touch one, one cat dog, dog, two cat dog. dog. There's, a, there's some great scores, and we'll talk about the Reds game now. The Highlanders 24 beat the Cheetahs 21. The Crusaders 27 over the Bulls zip. The they Bulls just keep getting better, the Crusaders, don't they? Don't they look fantastic? That's a great side. Uh, and the Bulls, of course, who, you know, defending champions, 27 0. The Brumbies in front of a packed stadium in Canberra. <laughs> 
there was about 11,000 people there. 17 beat the Hurricanes, 16. Uh, it's a good thing, though, for the, the Brumbies. Kickstart their season, we hope. Waratahs, and we'll get to this game in some detail. 31 beat the Force. Uh, Timmy was there for that game. We'll talk about that in a little while. The Sharks, 27 beat the Lions, 3. And that game, which now takes them to the top of the table, the Reds, 19 beat the Stormers, 6. What did you make of it, boys? Oh, I thought it was a fantastic game. It, it, it was it was interesting because the the Reds just absolutely. It, it's probably the most aggressive, disciplined, and in your face defence I've seen for many years from the Reds. And at one point in the game, it was twelve six with only six minutes left to the Reds. And Mike Harris scored a late try. But when you look at a game, you see twelve six for people who haven't seen the game and they're going back to watch it mm-hmm. uh, later on today. It, it was a fantastic uh, event, and, and the way that there was a Newland Stadium in Cape Town, there was nearly fifty thousand people there packed in, expecting the unbeaten Stormers to to win against the Reds, and the Reds were were, were fantastic. At twelve six, no try scored. It was an unbelievable game, end to end running, and and I think the Reds to come away from a, a tour with two. Two, two wins from two games in South Africa to come back to Brisbane with eight points in the bag. It's, uh, it's pretty special going forward. Timmy and Matt, we all love uh, attacking rugby. In fact, we love attacking sport. But some people don't see the beauty in the either with no tries or scoreless draw in a game of soccer or a draw in a game of cricket. There can be moments within games where you don't have to be necessarily scoring six or eight tries. Great defence, uh, mm. that kind of uh, game of attrition in some ways, Matt. Yeah, very much so. And... and when you're looking at the skills, I think that's that's what provides the enjoyment, I think, uh, more than anything else, that, yes, when you get a penalty, you've got to be able to convert that in, into points. And, and you know, I, I like the, the attacking style of rugby as well. Like, you kick for corner sometimes, you know, actually put some pressure on to score the tries. There's always going to be the debate, <clears throat> excuse me, about uh, three points for a goal or, or a field goal to, to compare to a try. But you're right, the, the games that they're high tempo, they're fast-paced, uh, and you see the guys, they're out in their feet when there's a scrum time or a break in play. So you don't necessarily need tries being scored to be a good game. And a lot of, there'll be people out there who argue that you need you know, six, eight tries a game. Then on the back end of that, if, if a game ends up 48-38, everyone goes, oh, what a game of touch football. Yeah, so, But yeah. on, on the back of that, there was a, um, you know, it's great attacking tries being scored at the same time. The only problem with uh, so few tries in that game is that the, the Reds, when they set off for this little venture in South Africa, they decided quite beautifully with the uh, United Nations that they were going to give a goat per try to an African village. So for every try they score, a goat goes to an African village. It's, it's, it's a wonderful thing. So I just want to have a little look. Uh, if we've we got the, the goat count uh, so far from the tour. One, two, three. Oh, I'm not sure what that last was. <laughs> and for all, for all our Kiwi listeners, don't drive off the road. That was a goat. <laughs> was a goat. That was a goat. Four goats. Uh, but I've just been I've been informed that in fact they may be if they were to win two. Supercoach was going to offer another 10 goats, so it could be 14 goats heading to African villages, which is a terrific thing. What a great concept. Yeah, and kids, obviously, the goats will be gamboling around a, a field with little bells on. They won't be, <laughs> end up in some yummy curry. No, I think you, you and Mackenzie, apart from the goats, will be very pleased with the way the Reds uh, performed over there and coming back. Uh, he put some young players on. James Hansen started at number two. Yep. Um, Radiki Samo started on the side of the scrum. Bo Robinson, again, was unbelievable, and, uh, and Quade Cooper looked after the back. So, And once again, coming away with no injury. So the Reds on a roll. They play the Bulls uh, on Saturday here in Brisbane, and I'm sure that they'll uh, they'll get probably over thirty five thousand for that game at SunCorp Stadium. Timmy, what is it about the Reds at the moment? How are they finding not so much this form, but there's a belief that's uh, set amongst this team at the moment that that I can't lose. Oh, there's a really strong confidence. There's a, there's a uh, it's sort of it's. It's it's a side that actually believe in each other, and you and Mackenzie has done a lot of work over the last three or four months to get this side to make sure their feet 
are back on the ground after last year's performance because they were they were fifth last year in the competition and coming in here there's a lot of expectation in the first couple of games and the first two games the Reds really didn't get out of the blocks but all of a sudden now they've won five games in a row so really really on a roll now the team on top of the table a show about rugby put together by rugby players why not Tim Moran Matt Burke Tony Squires the Ruck, the Sunday Rugby Show. I want to talk to you boys, and Tim, look, I'm fully aware uh, of your concern about the listener, and it really does, I, I appreciate it, and the <laughs> listener appreciates it. So, uh, listeners, I, I, I'm going to tell you a little story here uh, that isn't really breakfast material, but I think it will help. It goes towards sporting injuries. Um, I have sporting injuries playing in a Stockton fifth grade, uh, and had a <laughs> lot of broken noses uh, to the point where I can no longer smell. Uh, have no sense of smell. Now, yesterday, and I just want to get this off my chest because it was a very embarrassing moment for me. I was pushing young Harry, 12 months old, my son, in the stroller and had Skipper, the stupid short-haired um, uh, pointer, not the pointer, the little uh, fox terrier, who did a whoopsie. <laughs> I, as being a responsible dog owner, put the whoopsie in a doggy bag, as you do. I then hooked that, because there were no bins nearby, onto the stroller. I then, <laughs> stupidly, went to a cafe for breakfast. <laughs> Uh, and I pushed the stroller in next to me at the table and ordered my breakfast. Others were ordering their breakfast. And I couldn't understand why I was getting these very weird looks. Is from it because people. you're a celebrity? Is uh, that, 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 well, that, I thought maybe. That was it. Yeah, I thought, that, that's the guy from the ruck. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they kept saying... Isn't that rude? I'm trying to have my skinny latte and everyone keeps looking around at me. Ex- exactly. Because I'd f- completely forgotten. And with no sense of smell, didn't twig at all. And people started to look very blatantly at me that I'd done something wrong. And I'm thinking, what am I doing <laughs> wrong here? It wasn't until my wife walks in and says, what have you got on the stroller that I realised that I was ruining all of the, the cafe's punters' <laughs> breakfast? So, look, I'm just getting off my off my chest as a way of getting into stupid injuries and how they affect you. Matt Keating in Rugby League this week has now missing out on something like six or eight weeks of mm. footy because he got into a, uh, a lovely wrestle with his pet dog in the front yard, uh, which then bit him and his index finger was shattered, basically. Matty, are there any stupid injuries in your time on the footy field, either on the field? Because they seem to me it would be coach killers if they're not actually on the field, if they're training or, you know, painting the house. What, what have you come up with? I think the best one that I came across was uh, a fellow teammate of mine from Eastwood back in the day was a fellow called Marty Roebuck. Uh, yeah. uh, he was um, an incredible fullback, uh, I suppose a bit of a mentor of mine. But Marty came to training one day and said, look, I, I, I can't play because my ankle's in a cast. Mm-hmm. We said, mate, what happened there? And he goes, oh, I was washing the car and I <laughs> fell off the, like, the side of the, I suppose you call it brickwork, and yes. broke his ankle. So no. that was in the, in the days of uh, there was only about four test matches a year. So br- there goes, wipe out that year and, and turn up washing again next year. Washing the car broke his ankle. <laughs> Love it. Tim. Well, most of the guys, it's always from home renovations, isn't it? Getting a bandsaw or you know, <laughs> trying to climb up a ladder somewhere to change one light bulb. <laughs> I had uh, our great uh, great coach at the Queensland Reds for many years, John Connolly, who went on to then coach the, the, the Wallabies in the World Cup in, in 2007. Probably the best story that he he told us is he, when he first came into coach. He said he had um, children, and, and I'm sure everyone who, all our listeners, and Berkey yourself, you've got a young child, uh, and now disposable nappies are, are everywhere. But um, previously, when John Conley, um, he, they, he was using the cloth nappies, and 
he got up in the middle of the night, heard his uh, little little boy James screaming. So he got up and and changed the nappy. It was a cloth nappy, and went put him back to in, in his cot and went back to bed. And, and about 15, 20 minutes later, he just kept screaming. So he went back and had a look, and he actually put the safety pin through his through his hip, <laughs> through the skin of his hip. He, you, know, you know, middle of the night, two a.m. You sort of got your eyes half closed to try and stay asleep when you can go back. And so he said, "Oh, that's why he was screaming." Was there a, <laughs> was there a call of toughen up, son? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Is this the world's greatest rugby show? Right, take a breath, everybody. Time will tell. Welcome back to the rock. The Sunday Rugby Show. This is the Ruck. We hope you're having the time of your life, as uh, our next guest certainly is. There he is, living the high life in Melbourne. Not actually playing any footy with the Melbourne Rebels so far, but we can't wait till he gets on the field. His name is Adam Fry. Good morning, mate. Uh, thanks, Berkey. How are the supporters going, mate? Are they back in love with you again? <laughs> <laughs> it was actually Tony Squire speaking, but uh, Maddie's uh, sitting right if, next if to me. If you want me to take over, I can if you want. <laughs> 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 that, that, that. You, you, you do sound like It sounds like you've both been educated. Did you go to Joey's, Tony, or what's the story? <laughs> I went to Swansea High School in Newcastle, mate. No, I didn't have... Uh, <laughs> in fact, where the school motto, no, mate, school motto was don't oh. get caught. <laughs> Mate, uh, but 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 thanks for the introduction too. That makes me sound really important to the Melbourne Rebels. Uh, I haven't played yet, uh, but coming back through rehab. But mate, um, not really needed at the moment. The boys are travelling really well, especially uh, Jed Robinson, who uh, who is the the New Zealand hooker in there at the, at the moment. So uh, uh, life is good down in Melbourne, though. Yeah, I think, Adam, uh, Tim here, mate. It's, it's great to see the Rebels, and, and it must have been pleasing to get the monkey off the back within the team to actually get a win away from home last last weekend against the Western Force. Mate, it was outstanding, and, and I tell you what, if you if you can't keep comparing the Western Force uh, to the Rebels uh, with their setup and then how they got the license before us, and things like that. so there's a bit of a bit of a rivalry there already. So uh, it was good to actually beat the Force uh, first and foremost, but also to get that uh, away win. And uh, a lot of us are comparing it to the to the Force and how they didn't get a win for their first year and things like that, which you know I think is a bit unfair because. We've had the luxury of being able to get eight imports, and our imports at the moment are playing so well, in particular Gareth Delve and, uh, and also Danny Cipriani. Both been massive, massive buyers for us and, uh, and, and, and proving to be successful on the field. Now, Hassie, how have you been travelling, mate? You've got the, uh, the back injury. You've, you've uh, what, refrained from being selected, I suppose, in, in a wise choice during the season so long. Uh, have you been travelling the team with the team as well? Yeah, mate, I did. I travelled the last two weeks. I've, I've played four games leading up to, and had the bye last week and leading up to this round and uh, just assessing things and see how they're going. I've, I've, I've actually recovered from the back injury. It's got a bit of a niggle in the hamstring, which is uh, a bit disappointing, but uh, it's, it's travelling along nicely. And, and the Rebels have been great. They've just said, we don't want to really use you for 20 minutes a game here and there, and we want to make sure you can play 80. So hence why I've come back through club footy down here, playing for the Mighty Unicorns uh, and playing a, a few games for the Rebel Rising, which is the A-team. But... Mate, should be should be right this weekend. If not, definitely the week after. Mate, what are they what are they paying you with? Are they paying you with lattes down there at, at the Unicorns? <laughs> paying me with Prada, mate, which is what you'd be all over. You'd come down here and you'd come out of retirement if that was the case. <laughs> <laughs> mate, no, no, no. Mate, it is, mate, and actually, it's been good because I've actually been able to. They've got a great program down here called Rebel Rugby, which gets into schools. Um, and, and charity and local business and things like that. And it, and it is run really well by uh, Josh Philpot. So being able to, to add a little bit there and also help out with their juniors and things like that. So there is, there is definitely a pulse here in Melbourne for rugby. Everyone just thinks we're going to come in and show them a new sport in AFL town. But there is definitely some some rugby people that are, that are really passionate about their sport. And to be able to tap into that has been pretty good. 
And Adam, do you find you, you are getting the following? Because obviously most, most home games, apart from your first one, was 26,000 people. There's been average sort of 15,500 for your home games. Has Rod McQueen been able to sort of in, engage all the international players that you've got? Because you've got, people, you've got players from Wales, from New Zealand, um, all, all over the place to actually br- bring them all together and create that culture. Is it a bit windy there, mate? Mate, I'm, I'm, it is a bit windy. I'm just trying to find a dust. Well, I'm actually at Busy Park, the home of the Carlton uh, Football Club. But uh, on, on the crowds there, Timmy, look, mate, the driving, crowds have been fantastic. <laughs> and I have, to, I have to admit, the crowds have been fantastic. But what has been the best thing is these crowds are so bloody noisy. They're, they're absolutely fanatical. We've got the Rebel Army that sit underneath the post that are just... Mate, they, they come to nearly everything. And it's that, it's that whole fan-first supporters argument. And there are a lot of rugby supporters throughout Australia, but... It seems that we've got a lot of fans, fanatics, that are just, just crazy about their sport. They come all dressed up, you know, and, and behind a post with the flags, and it's just tapping into that AFL madness. So they've, you know, I have to admit, like, the crowd here has just been special, and the local support, but there is a honeymoon phase, and I believe that is over, and we have to have some wins on the field. And uh, to be looking, I think we're third in the Australian Conference at the moment, and we're sitting pretty well. We've got our away win. Uh, we've had some pretty uh, pretty handy wins as well along the way and also beating two Australian teams. So we're, we're off to a fair start, yeah. but uh, we can do a lot better. But as I said, there was a honeymoon period there which we really needed to do well, and we did. All right, mate. Uh, look, thanks so much for talking. Just before I let you go, I need to, in the interest of those who are listening who don't, uh, aren't as aware as, as Timmy and, and Matt are, uh, uh, Matty called you Hass. Uh, just by way of nickname, What what's that? Where does it come from? Oh, Tony, I... I have to admit it, it, it's a it's one that sort of snuck up on me. I uh, <laughs> my junior days as a Brumby, I, I rocked up to, to training a recovery session in Canberra, and uh, uh, and, and all the, the Canberra people usually grew up in the bush or in Yass and things like that. We're all doing recovery in their footy shorts. Some even were jumping in the pool with jeans on. I thought it'd be appropriate being a Sydney sider to get in my red sluggos <laughs> and 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 get in the pool. And mate, if you've ever seen me in summer, I am ripped up and I am brown, <laughs> and I think I just got I got I got, I got a nickname Hass Hasselhoff. And, uh, mate, it, it is stuck. And anywhere within rugby circles, uh, I, I get hassed. The only person that calls me Adam is my mother at the moment. So, and even she snuck in a few hasses sometimes. So it's a, it's a good one. But I, I quite enjoy it, mate, because uh, as Berkey would probably appreciate, I, I, I look pretty, pretty, I look too bad when I watch my kid off. Oh, Adam Fry. Self proclaimed, yeah, though, as well. It. Call me Hass. I think yeah. it was the cause. Yeah, exactly. Great to talk to you, mate. Thanks so much. All the best with the Rebels. Well, I'm sure we'll catch up with you again on the ruck. Mate, it's been good to chat sitting here in uh, a busy park in Melbourne, just sitting in the, in the, in the stands in my sluggos as we speak. So thanks, guys. <laughs> there he goes. The Hass on the Ruck. Two international players. He's got it. Tim Horan and Matt Burke. Looking for support. And then there's the ring-in Tony Squires. The Ruck. Sunday rugby show. Uh, before we get to some uh, rugby from last night, that Waratahs game, I'll give you some scores, but I'll just go to the golf. Obviously, rugby fans, uh, many of them, Timmy, Matt, uh, big golf fans as well. I noticed when I've been watching the Masters on the telly that every second ad break features the uh, John Eels, former captain, while it'll be captain uh, spruiking the golf course. Is it Bon Bon? Yeah, it could, yeah. It could be bon, Bonville. Bonville, yeah. yeah. Now, this of course, you, when you boys were playing uh, for the Wallabies, the training camp was at Coffs Harbour, and basically training was playing golf, I understand. Is that really what was going on? <laughs> there, there was the nine-hole course around the resort yes. uh, where we were at, mm-hmm. and then uh, 20 minutes down the road was, was Bonville Golf Club. Yeah. But um, the, we, had, we had a coach who used to like, uh, or, or a, a trainer used to like uh, active recovery. 
We said, mate, what does that mean? He goes, mate, you go play your golf. That's fine. It was fantastic. So you walk six Ks on the golf course, but that's okay. Don't worry about getting tired about playing golf. But you just got to get yourself ready for footy. So that <laughs> was great. <laughs> Beautiful thing. All right. Well, leading, still leading after the third round of the Masters is Rory McIlroy. He's a terrific young kid. Gee, mm. from behind, though, when I see him with his hat and that uh, little hair sticking out, it looks like I, I feel he should be saying, you know, Mr. Summers, Mr. <laughs> Summers. You look like Dickie <laughs> Me. He's at 12 under. Uh, Angel Cabrera is at 8 under. And the Aussies, Jason Day, good young kid as well. He's at 8 under, so he dropped a shot during uh, today. Adam Scott had a great round. He's at, min- at minus 7. Tiger's back at minus at, uh, at 5 under. So that will be interesting going into the final round of the US Masters. Yeah, rugby scores. The Highlanders 24 beat the Cheetahs 21. 27 blot the Crusaders over the Bulls. Another great performance from the Crusaders. They really are the... Uh, yeah, they're in the ballpark, aren't they? You'd think they're the team, certainly the team to beat at the moment. Brumbies, 17 over the Hurricanes, 16. Sharks, 27, beat the Lions, 3. The Reds, uh, 19, beat the Stormers, 6. And a terrific performance that takes them to the top. And that other game, let's get into some detail. You were there, Timmy Horan. The Waratahs, 31, and the Western Force, 3. Yeah, the Waratahs, uh, they, they were brilliant last night. I thought that the way they, they played the game, they handled it. The first 15 or 20 minutes, in the first 20 minutes of the game, they had 85% of possession and territory. So the Western Force couldn't get into the game, couldn't get into the patterns of play. Drew Mitchell scored two tries. Um, Beale got one try and, and Tom Carter got one as well. But Luke Burgess was yeah, the standout. He set, right. up, set up three tries. And uh, he was brilliant. Wycliffe Parlu played about 50 minutes, so he's coming back from injury well. And uh, just once again, Chris Hickey, the coach, would be really pleased with uh, the, the effort that the reserves put in. Dave Dennis came um, on the field, had a, had a big impact. So, And for the, for the Waratahs not to have any injuries, similar to sort of the Queensland Reds, are getting all their reserves on, getting them a, an opportunity to play and getting some game time. But more importantly, they're finishing the game without any injuries as well. But the speed of the game, uh, Tim, is what got me. I mean... You talk about starting well, and there couldn't have been a, a worse start for the force. Drop ball from Gene Fairbanks, and then all of a sudden, you're right, they just had the ball, they kept on pressing. They, they made the advantage line uh, very easily. It, it, it reminded me of, of a little bit of how Crusaders just always get over the advantage line. Uh, they didn't get the points they'd probably they deserved, but they still kept on playing. But what about Drew Mitchell's finishing? That, that first try, from uh, or his first try, went inside ball from Luke Burgess, and then... He bamboozled about four blokes, just to sort of as he was moving, they were standing still, and that's what you want to try and do when you when you when you're attacking. And he had the the balance to get over the line in the end. It was quite special. His second try, he stole from Tom Carter. Uh, he, probably Tom Carter couldn't have gone the legs anyhow. He, he would he wouldn't have got there. But as he stepped inside, did you guys notice? I was watching it last night. Did you guys notice when he stepped inside Cam Shepard? Cam Shepard nearly took ta- uh, um, uh, Tom Carter's head off with a with a, a stray leg that as he stepped in on the inside. Did you see that on the way through to me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a great run from Drew Mitchell, wasn't it? But uh, he's really in great form. He's got a roving role. He doesn't stay out in the wing for any of the, the youngsters listening in the car going on the way to uh, junior rugby now. As a winger, he's got a roving role and looks for the ball. It's fantastic. But it doesn't get any easier for the for the Western Force. I mean, James O'Connor was playing at number 15 last night at fullback, and really they missed him in the front line playing at number 10. Out of and position, the four- yeah, he was. Yeah, so the Force, they go down to uh, Canberra this weekend against the Brumbies. So that'll be an interesting game down there on, on Sunday afternoon. And the, the Tars go across to New Zealand to, uh, to play the Blues. So that'll be an interesting game as well. James O'Connor not only playing out of position, I was worried about him because of some of the publicity uh, talking about, you know, next year and re-signing and so on. But uh, I was reading the paper, it says here he has also been a huge marketing value for the force because of his Justin Bieber looks. <laughs> now, as soon as you get described as having Justin Bieber looks, you can't play rugby, can you? I mean, it's all over for you, Justin Bieber. 
I mean, who, who would have thought about, you know, hair was so important in, in the day? <laughs> Tim Horan. <laughs> the, the, boys, the boys now pack, you know, hair straighteners and blow dryers in their, in their kit bag. You know, usually it was just a, a drink bottle on your boots and your mouth guard. So um, <laughs> but they, rely, they, they do rely a lot on James O'Connor. And, you know, in, um, of the games they've played, he, in three games, he's actually scored all their points. So uh, they, they rely a lot on him. But um, Richard Graham, the, the, the the coach will have to sort of regroup as this team needs to actually get something out of the season. Yeah, struggling at the bottom of the Australian Conference, the uh, Force. Waratahs 31, the Force 3. This is your Sunday rugby show. I want to talk a bit about, you mentioned there, Tim, junior rugby. I want to talk about some of the uh, big kids v little kids. Next. Welcome back to the rugby. Sunday Rugby Show. Timmy Horan talks a lot uh, about the you driving your kids off to junior rugby, which is a terrific <laughs> thing. Uh, if you're doing that right now, I don't know if it's a Saturday thing or a Sunday thing. I, don't, I thought uh, a bit of both, a bit, bit of both junior bit, rugby. Is it? What, 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 what do you think they're talking about in their cars as as they head off uh, this morning? Well, I think probably apart from you know, really, there's probably three issues in Australian rugby that probably needs a little bit of addressing. Is is probably one I believe, and even though I work for Fox Sports commentary wise, it probably needed. It would have been great to see a bit more free to air coverage of, of rugby union to get it right out to the country areas. Yep. Probably two, the, the refereeing and, and the oh. refs need to keep making sure they can provide an entertaining game of rugby for people to watch because people who follow rugby they want to see an entertaining game. But probably the third point is people you know driving their young fellow to, to junior rugby now is I believe that probably the Australian Rugby Union has to have a good look at the weight divisions that used to be implemented. So they do it in New Zealand, but from uh, under 9 to about under 13, I believe, in, in, in my thoughts, is that there should be a weight division because there's some, there's some massive kids that are running around junior rugby these days, and the Polynesians, the Tongans, Samoans, uh, Fijians, mate, they're a lovely race, but they develop really early, and I think that, um, that the younger kids in that age group, the parents and mums watching on the sideline, these, these smaller guys getting getting smashed and actually pulling them out of rugby to go and play soccer or AFL. So you're losing, I believe, you're losing a lot of players in that sort of junior rugby area. The so same discussion was happening in rugby league, I think, as well, uh, and certainly in Sydney, Matt. Uh, Timmy, were you under, the, under that banner, under the weight categories? Yeah, I played rugby played league in my early days, yeah. So when I was sort of about, uh, you know, un- under under six to about under 10, it was weight division. But certainly after, I believe after under 12 or under 13, you know, the, everyone's sort of virtually caught up. So then you're on your own. But I think that junior level, uh, I know they do it in New Zealand. They do it very well in New Zealand and they implement it correctly. I think the Australian Rugby Union just has to have a bit of a look at it and, and make sure it doesn't get a huge issue. Yeah, but Timmy, isn't the beauty of, of your rugby the accommodation of a variety of body shapes. Uh, you know, if we get a weight division, are we going to have a whole lot of blindside props running around in one competition and a whole <laughs> lot of halfbacks do. in another you competition? And, I mean, you, know, I think you don't get the little you know, fat kid running around. I love watching the little Yeah, and plus, I mean, it's important that kids play with their mates too at that sort of level as well. So you've got to be careful that you don't have a, a, a larger Islander actually playing up one or two years. So yeah. um, I know it's just got to be looked at. It's just something that I think that parents, that you, when you talk to different parents at different junior rugby clubs, it is an issue and it is something that... Uh, needs to be addressed and, and hopefully they can do it uh, correctly. Tony, you talk about the body shapes. Yep. I coached years and years ago. I was at uni. I coached the under-10s team and it was the 10Ds they gave me. I said, right, boys, let's do a line-out and a backline plan. They went, what's, what's a line-out? I went, oh, oh, God. I said, what's a... And they said, what's a backline? I said, okay, we're going to have a Excuse race... Excuse me, Mr Burke. We, we just play touch football <laughs> yeah. at training. You know, what are you doing? <laughs> we're going to have a race from halfway uh-huh. to the try line and it was basically the faster blokes were backs and the, yep. and the slower goes were forwards. So I said, back, 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 forward, forward, forward. One little kid goes, my mum said I can't be a forward. I said, okay, you're now forward, <laughs> you're now back. So <laughs> I saw one guy 20 years later and I said, mate, how'd you go? He said, mate, we had fun. He said, do you, do you remain in the forwards? He said, no, no, I've got to have a quick smart, you know? <laughs> yes, exactly. It is. Uh, this is the rock. When we come back, we want to clear something up for you. Where are the stormers from?
Found them on Facebook. Follow them on Twitter. At the Ruck Show. All right, in the interest of just filling you in a little bit about what happens in the world of rugby, over the past few weeks, you know where the Waratahs play. They play out of Sydney, they're New South Wales. You know the Reds are from Queensland, they play out of Brisbane. But often you sit scratching your head wondering about the teams from South Africa and sometimes New Zealand. So over the past couple of weeks, we've let you know that, in fact, uh, the Sharks are from beautiful Durban. We've let you know that the Cheetahs are from Bloemfontein. Uh, the beautiful name, Bloemfontein. So today, uh, we thought we'd take you to the team known as... The Stormers. Play <coughs> my backing music. The Stormers play at Newlands that are based in beautiful Cape Town, the jewel of South Africa's tourism. Take a trip up the Swedish-designed cable car to the top of Table Mountain to admire the sweeping views of the city. A short boat ride will get you to the legendary Robben Island, where the great Nelson Mandela was imprisoned for many years. Jump in a car, drive down to the Cape of Good Hope, the most southern, the southeastern point on the entire South African continent. But beware of the baboons, ladies and gentlemen. They'll pinch food from your car on your back and will eat your baby, given half the chance. <laughs> the Stormers from Cape Town. Maddie? <laughs> Do you know, you can, you can actually walk up Table Mountain as well, Tony. Oh, I've, I've seen people try to do that. I, I, I caught a cab. <laughs> yeah, so there's, there's two ways to get it. You, obviously, you go cable car or yeah. you go on the walk. Mm-hmm. And the double dirties, as we used to call the reserve reserve, so the guys outside the 22, used to do it as a training session. And they went up with the physios and the media guy. I can't, it was years ago now. And they were getting up the mountain. And, and then all of a sudden, the, the media guy, who was a bit on the larger side, mm-hmm. he was struggling. And he got to the top of the mountain. He said, mate, that was the toughest thing I've done. He went to go to his backpack and, and get a, 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 a drink of water. <laughs> and the, our physio had loaded up rocks in his backpack. <laughs> <laughs> so he had about six or seven kilos in the back of his backpack. He God, this I is hard. I, I thought, geez, I'm carrying the water for all boys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing it for everyone. Stitch uh, up. It's a great spot, Cape Town, though, isn't it, uh, Berkey? Obviously, a lot, lot of the rugby guys travel there in the World Cup. We had a, a big loss there in 95, but um, Stellenbosch, great wine yeah. district as well. And, and, and you mentioned, Tony, about um, Nelson Mandela at Robert Island. Had the mm. great opportunity to fly in a helicopter across there and actually go into yeah. um, Mandela's uh, jail cell. So it was unbelievable. A great area and, and very passionate about their rugby. Oh, they do. You can go to the most exclusive restaurant in Cape Town, uh, you know, something very, very expensive in an evening, and they've got the rugby on with the volume up. It's hilarious. <laughs> that, that's how much they are passionate that's, about it. But you walk, you walk into weddings over there and you're not listening to the uh, best man's speech. The best man's out there all watching the uh, Super Rugby. <laughs> <laughs> what will they be watching? What's ahead in the world of rugby? Timmy, you got anything for us? Yeah, coming up, uh, obviously some great uh, fixtures coming up uh, this weekend. So Friday, the Chiefs from New Zealand play the Crusaders. Yep. Melbourne Rebels will take on the Highlanders at home in Melbourne. Uh, the Blues up against the Waratahs. That'll be at Eden Park in New Zealand. The Reds up against the Bulls at home in Brisbane. Then on Sunday, the Lions v the Stormers. The Cheetahs will take on the Hurricanes. And then the Brumbies will take on the Western Force in a, a, a clash down there in Canberra Stadium on Sunday afternoon. Get out, get amongst it, enjoy your rugby. It's been great once again to share a Sunday morning with you. We'll do it all again next week. See you later.